at some point we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds. Monkey spanking, I've been voodoo lounging up outside the blanket Back to the fact that I relax, I'm more wild than a child up in Michael Jack's lap Now you're envious of what? These big old nuts? One bust dust, the other pump rust so with the audible smoke, signal rock, flick a bus Time to shine around them ladies, I'd be like, oh, shit Why the downtown clubs keep taking my dust? A chicken as she cross the road because she goes wherever she clubs And late at night, y'all can cry for a miracle Dance around the flames, let a shadow beat ritual Arrive my mechanical snail All the way to hell and while we're on the way Can we stop off at the brass rail? Why so I could blow the rest of my mail? A girl's a shake tail, cause you know it never fail On the wrong station, fucking deuce. Sleep deprivation, we can sleep when we die. Now let's all get high. Fucking deuce. Sleep deprivation got me on the wrong style, rocking on the wrong station. Fucking deuce. Sleep deprivation, we can sleep when we die. Now let's all get In the wind in the city of sharks And with the broken hearts And then the rap race Falling on your fat face Out of place, Bay Area Mass hysteria Bad taste Microclimate The streets of Oakland It won't stay silent Got me split wide open Jumping off the Golden Gate Into the ocean Cause I can't relate To all my people in the city San Jose All the way to the real nitty gritty It's a tough titty Make my attitude shitty But fuck your pity All my peoples are your baby Where you at? Stone the E Wholeheartedly Retarded artifacts Rocking on the wrong station, fucking juice. Sleep deprivation, we can sleep when we die. Now let's all get high. Fucking juice. Sleep deprivation got me on the wrong style. Rocking on the wrong station, fucking juice. Sleep deprivation, we can sleep when we die. Now let's all get high.
everybody. Welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live every Friday from 8 p.m. till whenever the show's over. Then I do some post-game with the peeps, cover some conspiracy stuff after the show. This is our local news show. I'm joined by my co-host, T-H-E underscore Councilman. Looks like he's grabbing his headphones. You can support this project at patreon.com slash echoplex. If you're grabbing the podcast feed of this show, <clears throat> go ahead and go on over to twitch.tv slash echoplex media where you can follow us. Follow all of our live shenanigans and goings on. <laughs> what's up, the councilman? Hello. Hello. What's going on? Hello. Hello. What's going on? Hello. Hello. What's going on? Hello. Yes. Hello. Hello. Oh. Hello. 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 I actually, ah, hello. I actually forgot to turn on my feed to you. Hello. Hello. Now hello. you have a feed to me. What's going on? I'm just fine. Excited to be joining you again. Huge. Friday night. <clears throat> All right, where can yeah. people find you? Hey, this is the councilman. You can find me at T-H-E underscore Councilman on Twitter um, or also on the contact page on uh, echoplexmedia.com um, and generally just trolling around your neighborhood looking for uh, zoning code violations. <laughs> so yeah, this is our local news show. We cover a little bit of the news of the local variety. Um, we're just going to get right to it. Our first story in leading off is a VTA employee was shot with an arrow and boy did uh Boy, did uh, KTVU Fox 2's website not want to play this video, but I, <laughs> I talked it into it. So let's let's let it rip here. A VTA bus driver is recovering from a brush with death. This comes after someone shot him in the back with an arrow while he was walking not far from his bus. Our South Bay reporter Jesse Gary joins us now. He's been following developments in this case. So, Jesse, do detectives uh, have they said what the motive could be? Julie, uh, sheriff's investigators do not know why this worker in particular was targeted. The union represents him, says he is recovering and that he, as a member of the Sikh community, may have been the victim of a hate crime. He's doing a little bit better by the day. Um, just a little bit shocked that this could happen to him or anybody. VTA union president John Courtney says the unnamed bus driver was walking with a co-worker Tuesday while on break near Sierra Grande Way and North Capitol Expressway. The 36-year-old man, who's a five-year employee, was shot in the back with an arrow around 2.30 in the afternoon. It did penetrate through his skin. Um, I will say, fortunately, this situation could have been a lot worse and was pretty close to hitting some vital organs from what I understand. Sheriff's investigators say had the victim been facing the opposite direction, the wound could have been fatal. Union reps say this isn't the first time one of their members has been assaulted near the Alum Rock Transit Center. 18 months ago, they say, a female driver was shot in the head with a pellet gun. She's as tough as they come, and it took her a little while, but she's back, um, back to work. Transit Authority officials say the Sheriff's Department has law enforcement jurisdiction over their transit hubs. Additionally, the authority contracts with Allied Universal Security to provide additional officers. But they serve as a visible deterrent to crime, and most are unarmed. Union officials say the victim and his co-worker are both members of the Sikh community and fear this attack could be a hate crime. We face all sorts of, of assaults, 
verbally, our operators hear just about everything. So that certainly puts this in the narrative of uh, some of the things that we've heard that this could possibly be a hate crime. The union and the Sheriff's Advisory Committee are both offering $1,000 in reward money for information leading to an arrest in this case. We'll put the information on that on our website, ktvu.com. Obviously, if you saw or heard anything about this, you're urged to call the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office. We're live in San Jose. Jesse Gary, KTVU, Fox 2 News. We'll head back to you. If they put the information up as a video embedded on their website, website nobody it's possible nobody will ever get it. That's true. I, I, <laughs> I don't know that they'll ever be able to get past all the ads. Um, well, that's just, uh, unfortunate um, and certainly something new you hear every week here on Down Ballot. This is why we tune in. Um, any thoughts here on what this could be, Producer Dave? I mean, there's that's like a fairly residential part of town, right? A lot of, a lot of track housing. Yeah. Is that right? A lot yeah, of people for the most part. I mean, Capitol's pretty, Capitol's pretty busy, but... Yeah, backyards um, to some extent, you know, it's a lot of single family homes. Uh, yeah, it's uh, maybe just uh, kids having fun. Who knows? Yeah, I think, I think there's but, a high likelihood um, maybe, that this, you know, there's a high likelihood that there was someone playing with like a bow and arrow or a crossbow or something and it shot over the fence. Could, could be like some frustrated archers who are just, they can't get out and do their archery-ing, you know, at uh, local archery ranges. And maybe they're just, uh, a little antsy, so they're trying to get their target practice in on VTA employees. I think it's um, I, I think it's uniform, highly unlikely so you know, that somebody. I, I, I think it's I highly guess. unlikely that somebody intentionally shot this guy. But I don't know. I mean, maybe they did. I don't know. Maybe they're like, "Hey, we're going to go shoot a VTA employee." I have no idea. I, I have, and I have a feeling this is going to be one of those stories that we're never going to hear fucking anything else about. We may not, and that's the that's the real tragedy. Um, is that sometimes uh, these show these stories come up for shock value to some extent and but uh, the, the follow-through is just not there from our local news outlets especially the ones with websites that eat your brain they just they just like or brains um well, what we, happens we'll, what happens on ktvu is this little thing fucking this little thing goes around and around and around over the video and it's what it seems to do is eat your computer resources as it tries to play the video and then sometimes it plays an ad and then sometimes the it doesn't and if it doesn't play an ad you have to be real quick to hit that fucking pause button because it just goes right their website's garbage the little yeah and they're not alone right it's a, a lot of the sites we deal with have uh similar issues unfortunately so yeah local maybe we'll have to have a whole like show local news get your shit together maybe but like, a, that's an entirely different podcast though i think i think like <clears throat> i think that like there's just a high probability that what might even doesn't it wasn't even kids that somebody was just playing with the fucking bow and arrow or crossbow or some shit in their backyard that's all i can imagine just overshot you know the fence hit this guy in the back i mean if they were trying to do real damage you know they probably with a bow and arrow they probably could um but i just don't know that they go through the trouble of getting a bow and arrow out I, if you're really trying to do damage and hurt somebody kill somebody whatever um i think you'd use a little more a little less sophisticated instrumentation the person who shot the butt, they, they were talking about somebody who, who shot a bus driver. I, know, I'm not the, they were I think we have a little bit of a lag here or something because we're kind of colliding a lot here. Um, uh, but yeah, the person who shot uh, the per the person who shot the bus driver in the head with a pellet gun was probably aiming for the bus driver. That's a, that's like a sounds like a different scenario. 
anyway more than likely anyway let's move on to winners and losers here we got um unfortunately for all the tech bros burning man has been canceled yet again it's a sad state of affairs <sighs> Second year in a row, oh. the pandemic is dousing the flames on the annual Burning Man gathering in the Nevada desert. In a moving message today, organizers encourage the creativity and passion that fuel the massive art project, and they're urging burners to direct that talent to other communities and neighborhoods instead. Let's imagine how we can bring this culture out into the world at a time when the Burning Man culture is needed more than ever. No, we're not canceling Burning Man. We're just not doing Black Rock City. Organizers say now that they're setting their sights on creating an immersive experience at Black Rock City in 2022, that'll be more inspiring than ever. The pandemic may have... Learn to cut your videos. So Burning Man is coming to a neighborhood near you, basically. I mean, I hope not. I could totally see Burning Man coming to the Rose Garden. It would be epic. I guess so. I'm thinking it's more of a Cupertino kind of thing. Just my guess. Possibly. Uh, yeah, the tech pro aspect is the tech pro aspect is definitely definitely an issue, uh, and that would that would lead you more towards the the Cupertino North Valley North County area. Um, but I could I could totally see this coming downtown and Willow Glen and other neighborhoods and people being just a little bit upset about it. Not me, of course. <laughs> ABC seven website. The lag on my end. Oh, there's yeah. I we're definitely there's definitely uh, there's definitely a, a delay of like half a second. Definitely a delay of half a second here. Anyway, um, all right. Well, run the video. Run the video. I'll try to. I'll try to resolve it over on my end here if I can. Oh, it's your Wi-Fi. It's always Wi-Fi. If there's like a delay like this, it's always Wi-Fi. Any case, uh, what's going on here That's is what I'm trying to uh, resolve. Any case, in next next up in winners and losers, we have a Santa Rosa MAGA head has infiltrated Antifa, and they haven't infiltrated Antifa, but the local news fell for it. And if there's no ad playing first, we can get right to it. Former Santa Rosa police officer Barry Broad testified as a use of force expert in the George Floyd trial, defending the actions of Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin was justified. Four days later, masked figures in black threw a severed pig's head and pig's blood at the house where Broad used to live in West Santa Rosa. I know that the victims in this case feel threatened um, uh, and they don't feel safe in their home. Broad hasn't lived there for more than a year. A short time later, police suspect the same group covered the hand statue in a nearby shopping plaza with blood, posting a sign, oink, oink. The I-team is getting possible new insight into that attack and other recent acts of vandalism from a Sonoma County business owner and Trump supporter who infiltrated a group of anti-fascist activists. I saw that they were here. I read their manifesto and I could tell that they were a threat to the community and somebody needed to do something about this. The manifesto posted online for SOCO, Sonoma County, Radical Action, or SRA, says, do not hesitate, do not wait. The brick in the street is meant to be thrown. The paint in the can is meant to be sprayed. The cop in your head is meant to be killed. Yo, this is like, this guy probably created that fucking account. <laughs> this is what I'm certain, I'm thinking, right? 
he set this all up. I yeah, I I have a feeling this is all. I think that the I think that the ABC Seven News here might have might have got got because there's not that many followers on that account. Did they look and see if there are other anti-fascist groups in Sonoma County, possibly with thousands of or tens of thousands of followers? I this looks really this like smells like Andy No to me. Yeah, this is just another one of those suspect situations where the local news, you know, hears from one person and just goes down a rabbit hole um, based on one person's take or one person's uh, little, uh, whatever you want to call it, scoop, right? Uh, and they just run with it. They don't bother to vet it. They don't bother to get other sources. They don't bother to, you know, check reliable sources or fact check anything. They just run with it because it's going to, it's interesting and it's exciting and sexy to them. And it's going to get people to click through to their website. Um, but it's dangerous because you're basically allowing like Yahoo's like this, you know, masked, fully masked dude, masked up anonymous person. Um, basically run your news show and and tell you what is news when in fact it's just this in this case it's obviously just a shill to you know to get his his value system out there i'm curious about the anyway. uh the blood in the in the pig's head and stuff i'm i'm not skeptical that anti-fascist groups might do that but i'm wondering like who did it like was is it the same Twitter account that he is following or that that we're looking at here. Are we, you know, it just seems like there's, and maybe they'll get to a little bit more of this, but it seems like there's a lot of shit here that's disconnected that doesn't necessarily go together. And I'm, I'd just be curious, you know, if we would have had more time or if we had a budget or whatever, we could find somebody involved in like anti-fascist action up there in Sonoma County and talk to them about this and see what they think's going on. Maybe, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, because this was all over Twitter, and everybody was, like, highly skeptical of this. Yeah, it's not uncommon also with local news, right, for it to be kind of disconnected, right, for them to, to ex- imply some sort of causal relationship between point A and point B, but not actually draw the line for us between point A and point B, so it's kind of left hanging. So either there is no connection, and they're just throwing random tidbits of story together that might fit and seeing what sticks, um, or trying to build some sort of narrative that reinforces their clickbait headline you know um whatever it is it all masquerades as news a lot of the time this also smells a way we are the losers this also smells a little bit like this incident that happened like three or four years ago uh the 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 pig's blood incident smells a little bit like where somebody like defaced some property and then put left is best on the (laughs) on the property they defaced and then you know it it turned out that like that was you know some uh right winger trying to stir up controversy or whatever mm-hmm. and then the majority mm-hmm. report community kind of took on the left is best fucking, right fucking hashtag i don't know what's going on here with that stuff i didn't read any reporting on it or anything like that i do like this guy's gopro pointed at his computer i feel like we probably we, we might have run a video of him in the past because pointing one camera at your computer screen is sort of something that we see a lot of on this show like at least in like the post game and stuff so I don't know. Let's see what the news. Let's see what the news report has to say further about this. I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is this this is shitty reporting though so far. The Trump supporter was able to join the group that communicates through the encrypted messaging app Wicker, and you express that you're 
of a like opinion. Oh yeah, it's, you said comrade, you know, I, I want to uh, smash the system the same as you, you know, make them not feel alone, because that's what they really want to hear, is know that there's more people like them. He saved messages, documents, and recordings of their meetings. The I-Team has learned the group's leader, who goes by the screen name Marb, is a 25-year-old college student who was arrested for a felony assault on a police officer last year at this Oakland riot after the death of George Floyd. The district attorney declined to file charges. The Trump supporter says he made this recording in March when Marb discussed naming the group Soco Antifa. It was originally Soco Antifa, Mm -hmm. and people didn't like that. People didn't like that we called ourselves Antifa. Um, Well, more than that, they were like, we're going to get on the FBI watch list. Remember? Yeah. They apparently have an eye out for that. Marb also talked about that same hand statue being vandalized on other occasions. Did someone use stencils? Do you know? (laughs) Freehand. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was actually a lot easier for this situation. So this is the list here. The infiltrator tells me he copied really nefarious target list people they want to dox to publish their private information, their addresses and phone numbers to surveil them for possible vandalism. After his testimony, they placed Barry Broad at the top of the list. And within an hour of the attack on his former house, Marb is back on Wicker at 348 a.m. telling the group, hey, y'all late notice. But some comrades took action at a house owned by Barry Broad. And if someone could swing by in the morning and get pictures, our comrades would be very grateful. The target list also includes the head of the deputy sheriff's union, what they call killer deputies, officers involved in fatal confrontations, and Trump supporters, including Sandy Metzger. And I really came out strongly against Antifa and BLM. Metzger heads the Santa Rosa Republican Women Federated, and I broke the news that her name appears on the group's target list. It's an obvious question, but does that concern you? It does concern me a little bit, but that's not going to stop me from speaking out somebody has hell yeah sandy out. the recordings show the group has already checked out metzger's house <laughs> we went we went to sandy metzger's yeah, house yeah <laughs> we have went to sandy metzger's house but it was too late at night to do any real observing um we just wanted it. to see where it was the place is huge on that same recording marv appears to discuss plans for this saturday may 1st i think it'd be sick to organize something a little more extreme for National Workers Day. It's difficult to tell if this next clip is a twisted joke or a serious proposal. It's May Day, baby. It's like, Day. come out and take take something over with us. I don't, I don't know, but let's kill people. Let's kill people. <laughs> for, for May let's kill some cops. Like. Yes. The infiltrator has been in touch with both the sheriff's department and Santa Rosa police about the potential threat. I don't know of any specific threats, um, to my knowledge, that have been made. Um, but obviously, if, if threats are made, then we're going to take those very seriously and we're going to look into that. Marb refused my attempts to interview him, but the infiltrator intercepted one <laughs> message from the group leader about Dan Noyes at ABC7 asking about SRA. To firmly restate our position, nobody, myself included, should cooperate with press or cops. The infiltrator tells me he's been careful about protecting his identity during interactions with SoCo radical action that began last year. It felt like uh, seeing Antifa getting sort of a pass uh, a lot of the time from government saying that they don't exist, saying that they're a myth, saying that they're just an idea, you know, when obviously they are very real and they're a big threat.
since I've been working on the story, Marv has been taking down his social media accounts, both the private and public ones. If you have something that we should investigate, call us at one 888 40 or email me through our... This whole thing feels weird. Hmm. Yeah, it all seems kind of set up, don't it? Also, the audio they're using sounds like Discord. Like, it it's, sounds... It's, it's, it's Discord, and... Really? Yeah, uh, I can just tell like, the way that it sounds. It's Discord. The, everything he recorded was on Discord. And it's odd that he didn't mention it, although it may have been edited. Um, <clears throat> I just, I'm skeptical. And I, I, you know, maybe this will come back up. Maybe it won't. But I, I'd like to find out like what's going on here. Because it's not like, <clears throat> it's not that hard to get a few people together in a Discord chat and say some things, right? Like, I don't know. Sure. I don't know what's going on. I'm just curious. We like, do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. That account had very few followers on Twitter. I'd never, I maybe had heard of this Wicker. Yeah, I, I feel like this is like this Wicker, this uh, encrypted messaging app. I'd m maybe heard of it, but I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. If I'd heard it, I heard of it. I hadn't deciphered it yet, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I I just feel very uneasy about this whole story. Um, like they're just they're trying to create a myth and create a creative story where nothing really exists. Like this. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dan Noyes is talking to this guy who like needs to disguise his voice, disguise his appearance, you know. Um, come at this completely anonymously and making accusations and saying, I've got recordings of this and that and the other thing. And I've got Marb on record saying this and this Marb guy, like who is this person exactly? Um, but it just, it, it seems like you're talking to the very guy who is playing you, right? Um, he's, and he's, he's selling this narrative, but the, the, the person you're trying to uncover isn't Marb. It's the guy standing right, sitting right across from you. Maybe this guy is Marb, right? You know, who are, for all we know. And what? he's, yeah, He's one never knows. Double agent, you know, double faking, you know. Right, so that's the, it, it's really interesting. It's fairly interesting, but at the same time, I think the local news is just getting played no matter what, because either way, you're either reinforcing this jackass's narrative, or this guy is Marb, and he's trying to obfuscate and, and uh, spread misinformation and wreak, cause havoc, right? Um, they definitely want to kill people, though, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that stuff was where Poor I'm Sandy like... Metzger. That stuff was where I'm like, oh, I now I'm now my fucking spidey sense is tingling, right? Right. Yeah, let's kill people. I don't know. Well, if anybody, yeah, it's it's a little bit sketched. If if anybody can find out more about this, we'd love to hear about it. You can drop it in the down ballot uh channel on our Discord at discord.me slash echoplex. So I don't know anything about this next story, this yeah. this Jaywalkers and Danville story. What's going on with this? Uh, this is, uh, harkening back to a story that I think we had briefly on down ballot not too long ago, but some officers in, uh, Danville, which is a suburb in the East Bay, uh, they shot a, uh, a man who was having more than likely having a psychotic episode, um, and was approaching them with a knife, but then alternately throwing, putting down the knife and saying, please kill me. Um, obviously having a very bad day. Um, for lack of a better phrase, um, and was shot and killed by the police. And so they've recently released the uh, 
the uh, body cam footage so that we can see what exactly transpired and how once again looks like police probably overused the whole force thing especially with the, with the guns Good evening, I'm Alan Martin. And I'm Elizabeth Cook. And hopefully, New at five, one yeah, law right to enforcement it. officer involved in two deadly shootings in Contra Costa County. This one in 2018 has now led to manslaughter charges. That word, as the Sheriff's Department released new video of that very same deputy shooting and killing a homeless man last month. KPIX 57 Feely joins us live in Danville with a breakdown on both cases. Devin? Yeah, that same officer involved in two deadly police shootings, the most recent in March of this year and the earlier one that he's being charged with from 2018. Now, I want to set up a little bit what happened in 2018. There was a report of a suspicious man, someone that was wandering in a neighborhood. Neighbors described him as seeming a bit lost or disoriented, perhaps suffering from some form of mental impairment. Now, before officers got there, he drove away, but they caught up to him and he led police on a 10-minute slow speed chase. As officers approached an intersection, as you'll see momentarily in the video, they tried to block him in. He tries to navigate between the two patrol cars and that's when he shot. Now we do want to warn you that both pieces of video in the of the shootings are a bit disturbing. It has been two and a half years since Deputy Andrew Hall fired nine times into Latimer Arboleda's car, killing him. It has been one day since a guilty verdict and the Derek Chauvin case has left many to wonder if we are entering a new era of police accountability. In this case, we believe that Officer Hall killed without lawful excuse or justification. After a lengthy review of the case, the Contra Costa DA's office charged Deputy Hall, who works for the Sheriff's Office but was assigned to the Danville Police Department, with manslaughter and assault. DA Diana Becton says she hopes the charges bring some relief to Arboleda's family. There is no prosecution that anyone can promise with 100% certainty will be successful. But we have done our best to charge based on the facts and based on our reasonable belief that we can uh, convince 12 jurors. Deputy Hall has been under intense scrutiny after he was involved in a second deadly shooting in March of this year. Body camera video released today captures the grim moment in which Deputy Hall shot Tyrell Wilson in the face. Wilson was homeless, had a history of mental illness, and was armed with a knife during the confrontation. I think it was very unreasonable for this officer to believe that his life was in danger. Civil rights attorney John Burris represents the families of both victims. If this officer had been charged beforehand, he might have been off of the streets and therefore not in a position to kill my more recent client. Late this afternoon, without taking a single question, the mayor and city council in Danville read from a prepared statement expressing remorse for the loss of life. We regret the two tragic incidences that resulted in losses of both Latimer Abolito and Tyrell Wilson. Deputy Hall's attorney re released a statement that reads in part, Contra Costa County District Attorney's Office originally deemed Deputy Hall's use of force as justified given the fact that he was defending himself from a lethal threat. The timing of their sudden reversal and deciding to file charges seems suspect and overtly political. Now, the district attorney's office says that they had to overhaul their process for evaluating these cases. They used to have just a single person looking at these use of force cases. Now they say they have a team of 10 prosecutors and Ooh. investigators examining all of the evidence and weighing all of the facts. In Danville, Devin Feely, KPIX 5.
Yo. Yo. I'm with chat. This dude just like murdered people. Apparently, and got away with it and then got, you know, got to go back out there and murder more people. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, but once again, right? And this is, folks want to say, oh, this is in, you know, this doesn't happen here. This doesn't happen in the Bay Area and the Tony diversified Bay Area. Hell no. Of course it happens here. You know, we're just, uh, the, white, the white folk here and the cowboys would feel just as threatened um, as anyone else by the, the just black and brown people coming to take their jobs and steal the American dream from them. Um, and they're going to they're gonna make them pay. Uh, yeah, this happens right here. These people live next door to you, right? Um, so be aware, wake up, and, you know, question authority, for God's I, sake. I, I don't understand, like, the video we saw of the guy with the knife. Like, sure, he had a knife, but he, he, like, was clearly, like, walking through, like, diagonally across an intersection that looked like it wasn't, like, a like a, in a residential area, right? You might kitty corner an intersection in your neighborhood or my neighborhood, right? Right, right. But not out. You go out to the main street and you start kitty cornering those big intersections and like people have to start wondering like, is this person okay? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's obvious the guy was not okay, right? And he's, he's approaching, but then he's backing off and there's just, it, the escalation is just, is the problem, Right. It's, it's totally understandable to not be out of your element, right? You're not, you're, maybe you're a cop. You're not trained for dealing with people with psychotic episodes, having psychotic episodes. And that's a fault of your training. And that's a fault of the system. It's not your fault necessarily, but you can't compound that by pulling out your gun right away and just having an itchy trigger finger. And the minute you feel threatened at all, like you, you pop one. It's like that, that should not, that shouldn't be the training. I hope that's not the training, but it, it seems to be, you know, pretty regularly the case. You know, I understand feeling threatened, right? I can understand, like, the adrenaline kicks in, right? Someone's coming at you with a knife or something else, you know? And you don't know what's going to come next, and you want to make sure that you go home then. And I, I get all that. Um, but having a little more judgment and understanding the situation you're in, knowing your audience, knowing what you're dealing with, and just doing your best to, to, to react appropriately, you know? Like, th this all seems like common sense and just stuff you would naturally want in your police officers and you would naturally look for that kind of attitude not so much people who are jumpy and are you know ready to react and not proact right and on top of that with the, the major street right there there's there, these people these cops weren't like you know in any sort of danger of being pinned down if this guy wants to keep walking at them keep backing up or get back in your car if you're so afraid of this guy right like you have a you have backup too you have another officer there with you it's not like you're alone right so uh, I don't understand the feeling need to feel threatened. I don't understand the need to pull your gun at all, really, or even have the chance of shooting this person or pulling your taser and think it's your, your gun and thinking it's your taser. Right. I don't see the need for any of that to, to, but you know, if we were also sending out people who were equipped to deal with these kind of situations, as opposed to just people with guns and a uniform, then maybe we'd, uh, we'd have better results. Well, like I know I'm not equipped to deal with that kind of you know situation, that kind of person having that kind of episode, right? I'm not equipped, but I'm also not a cop. Um, <clears throat> there was somebody who was talking about this, and they're from uh, London, and they were like, "Hey, you know, you know how much knife crime is in London? Like, London is like has a reputation of being like the knife crime capital of the Western world, or whatever. The police don't blat anybody there. 
And so you can, in fact, right? stop somebody with a knife without a gun. Absolutely. There are, absolutely. for, for example, like, um, you know, the CIA aren't our friends, right? But if the CIA, if a CIA agent is in the field and someone comes at them with a knife, they're not going to want to shoot that person. That will be the last thing they want to do because then you mm -hmm. have created a gunshot victim, right? <laughs> like where you're trying to be stealthy. And, you know, like those people aren't good exactly. people. They fucking destabilize governments all over the world to protect American interests. But I just feel like, I just feel like they're not like, they're not like Batman and shit. They're human beings. Some of them are intelligence analysts who just yeah. happen to be spies and, and like know some fucking self-defense and, you know, right. But, you know, more importantly, just the regular ass cops in, in London are able to subdue and arrest people for, who have a knife out and they don't shoot them. This yeah. is, like I don't know a, what kind of training like, uh, officers get. This is like an, this is like a, um, this is really, really interesting. It's the, the police are inclined to use these kind of less lethal rounds or whatever on protesters. But then if there's one guy there with a knife, they can't shoot the motherfucker with a rubber bullet. I don't understand. Yo, I'm not saying they should shoot yeah, the guy with a rubber a bullet. Great, that's but a he'd fantastic be, point. He'd be alive. Yeah. Right. That, that's a really, that's a fantastic point. I just don't know what kind of physical you know, self-defense or, you know, um, physical kind of, uh, uh, in interaction training, whatever you want to call it, jousting that these guys get. Like, I, I think, I feel like training our cops in jujitsu or, you know, something like that along those lines, wrestling would, would come in a lot more handy than training them just to like have, a, you know, how to shoot a gun. Like if they were trained on how to disarm someone with a knife without needing to use a knife or any kind of weapon at all. Wouldn't that be more valuable? What are we spending all this money on training these cops with? Like just how to shoot a gun straight? Or are we teaching them how to de-escalate situations without escalating the violent component? I don't know. I, I feel like we should be doing the latter, but apparently we're not. We create more gun ranges and not, and not enough gyms or dojos. So far, winners and losers has been a real fucking loser. Things aren't going to get well, better. That's, that's pretty typical. I mean, there are no winners generally. So they people don't, camped, they don't generally. So what's, people what's camped out in front of people camped out in front of a townhouse, like it was the iPhone event to try to get a townhouse in Santa Clara. Here's the local news hit on that. Now to our making it in the Bay series. What would you do to buy a new home? Well, dozens of people camped out overnight on a sidewalk for a chance to buy a new townhome in Santa Clara. That's the video you're watching right here. You see all those tents. Those are the potential buyers who lined up overnight. Now, a real estate agent says the townhomes are being sold at a fixed price. So on a first come, first serve basis, meaning there is no bidding war. They are a part of a new development. It's called Nuevo, and they went on sale this morning. Even more people joined that line during the day today. Now, the real estate agent that we spoke with said she took turns waiting in that long line overnight with her clients. It's really hard to get a house in Silicon Valley, and uh, they're releasing only 18 today. And um, probably most people in line know like which lot they want, right? So lined up to try to get the lot that you want. I've been here since Wednesday, surprisingly. My, uh, my client just really, really wanted to be the first one. So I promised him, I said, whatever I have to do to get you the first one, I'll do it. Those are some dedicated real estate I wonder agents. if he regrets saying that. 
Anyway, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> one buyer said that she thought standing in a line to get a home was much easier than getting into a bidding war for another home. Now, the townhomes start at $1.2 million. Okay. Um, I, I've sat online for ticket. I've sat online for tickets to the Tool show, right? The Tool concert, and you know that was only like whatever, sixty bucks, fifty bucks. <laughs> I've never sat online to drop one point two mil on a townhome. <clears throat> that's that's pretty intense. I mean, to the extent that like, to the extent that there's anything good there, the developer decided not to do this bidding war bullshit and just set a price for each unit. Uh, it's over a million dollars though, so it's not like they're not like we should be throwing a fucking parade for them. But <laughs> not at all. Yeah, it's 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 they know that it's it's just their way of getting rid of them quickly and efficiently, right? Um, and then they can move on to the next thing that makes them money. But they're definitely making money off off of it, no matter what. One point two million for a townhome, Jesus Christ! So I see um, a funny I see a funny thing in the future. Yeah, like, I, I, I see a funny thing in the future here because they only released eighteen of them. They, they apparently my guess there is that the development's larger than 18 units. And so what I see happening, that's going to be really funny is somebody who waited in a tent to get their town home is going to call the fucking cops on somebody else who's waiting in a tent to get another town home. <laughs> <laughs> oh like, my goodness. Yeah. They're just, they'll just release these in like, you know, in spurts. I just, I just see that. I hope that happens too, because then like that'll be on the news and that'll be the funniest thing on the news, right? Yeah, no, very, <laughs> very much so. We'll have to keep, we'll have to keep tabs on it. It'll just, it'll just come back every week. It'll be the, the new update, the new update on the ten, uh, the ten city, trying to. It's interesting, in that ironic too? By the way, they create a little tent city um, of people who are going to be dropping 1.2 million on a house not so much the typical tent city of folks who can't afford the rent in a in a place where if people were trying to build a tent city just to survive they'd get kicked out mm-hmm exactly right and they are being they are being kicked out or at least shuffle or at least shuffled around given the runaround so we're going to move on to san jose um, get your shit together well, um, yeah so i, I so what's going on here with this story uh, in the San Jose Get Your Shit Together segment? So, um, as we all know, there was quite a, um, there's been quite a bit of a reckoning going on nationwide around um, uh, racism and systemic racism and trying to um, reimagine and rethink policing in the context of the George Floyd uh, murder and so many, so, so, so many um, cases of police uh, overuse of force and, uh, and their treatment of uh, black and brown communities and people of color. So uh, in San Jose, progressive Tony San Jose, um, as opposed to, because there was such a hubbub around what to do about the police department here, uh, city leaders, Sam Licardo, the mayor, decided to put together a working group. They always love, or an advisory group. They just love their advisory groups here in San Jose. Um, and brought together folks from different community-based organizations, uh, ethnic affinity organizations throughout the city to try to, and law enforcement, to try to come together and arrive hopefully at some sort of compromise, detente, um, you know, collaborative uh, solutions to how we can improve policing and community policing efforts here in San Jose. 
unfortunately it looks like some folks feel like other folks came to the table with disingenuous uh you know intentions and that's led to a little bit of an exodus from the 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 group um and it may have gotten sidetracked and taken off the rails before it even got started it didn't so take long for San Jose's much-touted reimagining community safety advisory group to run into some trouble. Today at a tense news conference, several community leaders say after only three meetings in less than two months, nine of the 46 members have resigned, with more expected to follow. The groups departing include high-profile organizations, including the local NAACP, La Raza Roundtable, Debug, Black Leadership Kitchen Cabinet, and Asian Law Alliance. Along with other complaints, leaders say the advisory group is trying to downplay the need for police reform. In the presence of George Floyd's murder, when everyone took to the streets and we said no more, and we said defund, and we said abolish, and we said liberation, this is what you came back to us with? A committee where you brought an agenda to us? We don't need SJPD or the city manager's office or anyone else to filter our words, to tell us what's okay to discuss, to tell us what's okay to move forward to the mayor or the city council. We can speak for ourselves. In fact, many departing members want to form what they call their own Blue Ribbon Commission to address police reform. The only way policing will change in this country, in this city, or in this state, unless the citizens take back control. The advisory group coordinator, Deputy City Manager Angel Rio, says the advisory group was always designed to examine the broader perspective on community safety, not just police reform. But he says the advisory group is now reaching out to try to make modifications to keep the group intact and to make it work. In San Jose, Robert Honda, NBC Bay Area News. It's the most San Jose politics story I think I've ever fucking seen. Right. <laughs> falling all over themselves uh, once again and everyone sort of uh, backstabbing everyone else and eating each other's young and no one can you know just spend five minutes trying to sort shit out um bureaucracy comes bureaucracy layers bureaucracy on top of itself and no shit offends people who you know came on board with this thinking this is a way for the you know the, it's a channel for the community to provide feedback but the problem with community advisory groups is they're only as power, they're only as useful and they're only as productive as you allow them to be in and uh, in, in relation to the freedoms that you give them um if you come at it with an agenda if you come at it with some prescribed solutions and some prescribed uh results right in metrics and don't just allow the community to sort through what they need to to, to do and then what they want to do then you're going to engender this kind of attitude of, of folks just not feeling like they're included in the process um and good for them just saying you know screw you guys <laughs> we'll go over here and do our thing and do do what's right on our own without you uh, at the city but uh yeah city, the city's once again stepping on its own toes and uh the activist community is using it as an opportunity to um to call them out once again and to to make some hay and to get on the local news uh, so very San Jose kind of a story, very down ballot. And speaking of down ballot, we're going to move on to down ballot watch and, uh, we're going to oh. do some, we're going to be doing recall stuff, uh, during down ballot watch. Also, as the recall here in California starts to heat up, uh, probably be doing yeah. more, uh, recall news, more kind of 
along the lines of the night twitch sort of uh, stories that come up as uh, as they do um but it looks like the recall is going to happen the recall election is going to happen it looks like they've gathered enough uh, signatures on that here's a local news hit about that i wonder like i just kind of wonder how they're going to frame it the effort to recall the governor has secured more than 1.6 million verified signatures, 100,000 more than needed. The governor's campaign tweeted its response. Who's behind the partisan recall of governor? The ad links recall supporters to right-wing extremists, a strategy that state Republican leader Harmeet Dillon says won't work. This is a mainstream, across the political spectrum, repudiation of his failed leadership. Dillon says the governor's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic is a glaring example, but not the only one. She cites over-the-edge criminal justice reform, high taxes, the water shortage, just to name a few. I think it's great news for California. We have been suffering under one-party rule now, headed by Gavin Newsom, for too long. Many see the governor's response to COVID-19 as the driving force behind the recall, but that may be losing steam as COVID concerns subside, though that could change. A lot of things can happen. There could be some sort of resurgence of a new variant. There could be a, a screw-up, uh, uh, something similar to what the governor did with his French laundry episode. Here's what happens next. Counties still have until Thursday to submit signatures. Then a 30 business day period where people can withdraw their name from the petition. Then the Department of Finance has 30 days to figure out the cost of the recall. Then another 30 days to review the cost estimate. Finally, the Secretary of State will certify the signatures. The recall election comes 60 to 80 days after that. A recent poll suggests the governor has majority support now, and some Democratic Party officials say there's no need for a change. He is competent. He studies, he reads, he asks people for advice, he listens to them, and he goes with the best plan that he can have. In an interesting twist, the Newsom campaign says the recall could cost the state $100 million, money that could be better spent on vaccinations. Terry McSweeney, NBC, Bay Area News. Yo, the, the party official for the Republicans is, is full of shit. Like I listened to the QAnon Anonymous podcast and they were at a, an event like supporting the recall like about a month ago. <clears throat> and like half the speakers there were people they knew from the fucking QAnon scene. It's not that it's all QAnon, but it's like being marketed in a lot of ways by that faction of the Republican Party in California. And well, well, absolutely. And the, and the Republican Party is taking the advantage of that. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I mean, the party's taking advantage of that and, and drawing them in. Like, if you're the Republican Party of California, right, you can't control every conservative out there. But when, like, the, the, the big media push and the big, like, marketing push behind the recall or behind anything is like the QAnon faction of your party, I don't know. Maybe you could be like, oh, I don't know about this. They've obviously learned. They've learned from Trump. They've learned how to, to get what they want. I mean, they want this. The Republicans want this. And absolutely. They want to throw rent, a, a wrench into the, the mix um, in the Democrats' you know, dominance. Like they're, they're right. The Democrats have super majorities in both houses of the state. They have the governorship. They, own, they run all of the statewide offices. The Republicans haven't won a statewide race here in many years. Um, and, uh, and they really, run, they run the show, right? Democrats can pass taxes without Republicans, uh, without one Republican vote that probably drives them nuts. 
Um, so they are desperately wanting to, to take any chance they can to, to upset this apple cart. And this is the most obvious one right now, just because governors are big targets in any state right now with, with what's been going on. Um, and then Gavin hasn't done himself any favors with his, you know, $400 dinners that they referenced with lobbyists and, um, it's kind of some, some types of, some parts of his attitude and some ways he's responded to certain things in the COVID crisis. But at the end of the day, yeah, this is, this is a Republican party led effort and they are leveraging QAnon and all the crazies and all the conspiracy theorists out there. They're going to rile them up and, uh, get them frothy and fired up because it benefits them to have that, uh, those folks out there beating the bushes and getting people to sign on to, uh, and getting people to vote. Because this will be a this will be a low turnout election. It'll be a, an odd year, off year, off timed election, and turnout's going to be the name of the game. So this is they they see it as an opportunity. Um, so yeah, they're they're just trying to leverage the the Looney Tunes that we normally have on this show uh, to get what they want. The other th- the other thing that's going on here is any of the stuff they're talking about with Newsom, like the the things that they may have like legitimate gripes with him about. As the vaccine rolls out, the, all of these things are going to become less and less useful because there's going to be, I don't mean to say like no more COVID, right? But there's going to be like less energy around the restrictions around COVID because there will be less restrictions around COVID. And I think a lot of these people are mad because of the Correct. restrictions. I think they're like the anti-mask kind of contingent oh, that we cover is and their fan base is a lot yeah. of this. Not all those people are QAnon, but it's not like those are two circles, right? They fucking overlap. And and like for all intents and purposes, QAnon as a phenomena as as happening by a fake intelligence operative or whatever is gone. Hasn't posted since January. But the communities that are still there are still there, and they're recruiting new people in, possibly to some extent without the baggage of the weird kind of spooky QAnon fucking thing with the you know the crazy the crazy stories about um you know hollywood like eating our kids or whatever so you know it's not like it's it's not like um it's not like these things are all separate and it can only be one or the other it's this is all this is the fringe that's been pushing this it's not necessarily it doesn't have to be QAnon people specifically but you know they they when when y'all mingle together like in in like ideological circles and facebook groups and stuff it's easy it makes it easy for the democratic party to be like look this is some weird QAnon shit which is some fucking brand which is some fucking shit they should have been saying about all kind of other shit before like as soon as everybody knew what the fuck QAnon was and that it's fucking crazy they should have started fucking calling every fucking conspiracy theory QAnon, not because it's accurate but because it would work Right. right. This doesn't have to be accurate. The Republicans have proven that, right? You don't it doesn't have to be accurate at all. Death panels, right? Such such a simple turn of phrase, but uh, so 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 effective. Not true at all, but very very effective. Um, yeah, this is a uh, this is another case of what we like to call strange bedfellows in politics, right? In order to win, in order to succeed, especially when you are the minority. You're going to have to get in bed with all sorts of different types of folks, right? And this is a case where it's easily exploitable by the Democrats uh, in that the Republicans have to get in bed with QAnon and they have to get in bed with all the conspiracy theorists in order to have any chance at all of this succeeding. I mean, he's still very safe, according to the polling numbers. Um, uh, But, you know, the majority, the, 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 the opposition is coming from this fringe. 
But the thing with the fringe is that they're very fired up and engaged. So they're more, you know, you can, you can get them out. You can get them engaged a lot easier sometimes than folks like me who are like, well, Gavinism's not really doing anything wrong. I'm not like his biggest fan, but you know, whatever. Um, I mean, I'm going to vote. The good wife will vote. Right. But people like me who aren't, you know, every, every year voters, they aren't regular voters. They aren't, you know, voting is in my blood voters habitual voters um that's a problem right those are the kind of people that are going to be kind of squishy about getting that ballot in and on time not that they don't care not that they wouldn't vote to support the governor but that they just it's just not one of their priorities right so but it's a priority for fucking all those crazies out there who think that you know we should be opening up the the hair salons you know sooner and that um, we all should have been eating food off of buffets a long time ago or off of each other Right. But you're right. I think it'll lose a lot of steam once as we're coming, as we begin to open up again and begin to see the results of our, the fruits of our labor, the fruits of our sacrifices. Right. And as far as like handling the pandemic on a like purely technical level, Gavin Newsom's done an okay job. It's, you know, the, the stuff that's been bad has generally been optics about him personally. And if he, if he just runs on, he doesn't, doesn't even have to do much, but if he just runs on like, hey, here's what we've done. Here's what I did that was stupid. This was a personal decision that, you know, we, we mm-hmm. didn't find that any, you know, there was any spread of COVID there, but I understand that was dumb and I'm not going to do that again. But uh, here's what we did as policy wise. And uh, look at we're op- look at we opened up two or three months ago and we don't have any big spikes. I think we did this right. We did this responsibly. And yeah. I want to thank all the county supervisors and the mayors. And you just start naming fucking fucking power players in the democratic party that'll get people out. You go, I want to thank all the community groups and boom, you, you, he's, he's done. It's not, and, and he's good at this shit. And the other thing is he's like a tall, good looking guy. He's just going to win. I mean, <laughs> that's just like how politics works in the end. And he's already, he's already consolidated a lot of support with, for, for within the party, you know, the democratic party, the labor movement, they are all gearing up to defeat the recall right they're even saving you know they're saving money and saving it from other projects specifically to make sure that they defeat the recall so um he'll also have ample support and backing um to be able to get his word out as well so um so yeah it's 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 so good for him it's just it's unfortunate that he has to go through this you know what this no in the recall campaign needs is me and a really good video editor We'd be making all the fucking clown car videos. Oh my god, the clown car! Do not vote for the clown car. Would be the uh, because yo, it's gonna be a clown car. The thing's gonna be a a complete fucking clown car, right? Oh, for sure. And so, like that needs to be the message. What I was gonna say was, it's unfortunate that the city. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's unfortunate the state has to spend the money uh, to run the election. Right, they could be spent on other things, and it's unfortunate that we all have to go through this exercise. But it's so great for us. And for the content on this show and the and the Sunday show to be able to have that clown car and to be able to see the clown car come to California, um, I can't wait to see who hops on board. We're already seeing Randy Quaid and Austin Bennett and Caitlyn Jenner, and it's just going to be beautiful. Yo, even if Austin Bennett doesn't run, you still run him in the ad as if he's running. Fuck it, because then he'll do a video about it, and then you run that. Oh, you for go, sure. We'd like to issue a correction. This person is just insane. They're not actually running for governor. Sorry. Or maybe if we include him in the video, then he decides that he's got to run, right? He's like, you know what? I'm inspired. I, I, you know, if they want me to run, if the people want me to run, I'll run. I'm obviously a big enough name that Echoplex Media has included me in their promo. So, yo, 
we're going to uh, be like well, we're going to be all um, over this recall like as things as things progress mm-hmm. i i think more and more obscure types of candidates are going to get are going to get in there and then they're going to get found by local news and then there's going to be these hilarious no local news hits about like oh you heard about him before from the north bay he uh was arrested for a bunch of pipe bombs now he's running for governor you know <laughs> it's like it's gonna be like it's like deanna Ploss moved from massachusetts to run for the last governor. we heard <laughs> like fucking lenka coloma of the freedom to breathe agency has thrown her fucking na- name in the hat you know i mean like or tossed her hat in the ring or whatever it is you know it's like it's gonna be great it's gonna be fantastic right oh it's gonna be i'm excited i'm very excited so, uh, and if anyone has any season stories out there, we have a new uh, Bay Area news uh, uh, channel on the Discord. So please drop your stories in there if you want to see them on down ballot. If you see any clown car uh, recall stories, that's the place for those things as well. Um, we we look forward to getting your your collaborative uh, energies going on helping us with a with a docket each week. We don't want to miss anything. Fuck yeah. So this down ballot watch is going to be a recall watch. We'll have at least one story about the recall every week and we'll definitely do at least one story, not about the recall every week. So our next story is a transgender candidate of color is running for the uh, party chair of the democratic party in San Francisco. And let's let the, I don't know, this is CBS Bay or CBS Bay area. Anything might happen when I press this play button. Go politics. A candidate once known for being a drag star is making a splash. She's now running to be the next chair of the San Francisco Democratic Party. KPIX 5's Kenny Choi spoke to Honey Mahogany and he is live. Oh my God, I've smoked weed with Honey Mahogany. I smoked weed with Honey Mahogany outside of Splash, like in the little alleyway, like where, you know, where all the cars, if you're lucky, you can find a parking spot when you're on post. Uh, The alleyway goes between post and, um, what's that other, is that, uh, the next, not Santa Clara. It's, oh, it's post in Santa Clara. Um, yeah, I've smoked weed with Honey Mahogany. If you live in San Francisco, vote for Honey Mahogany. Yo, that's great. If you're in the Democratic Party. Liz, she gained some fame and some recognition as a drag performer early, earlier in her life as uh, in this reality show. Well, now it appears that she could become the first black transgender person to lead the San Francisco Democratic Party. I learned this from the sisters. Sprinkle a little glitter on it. Adding some sparkle, sass, and flair has always been a part of Honey Mahogany's style. I am proud to announce that I am running to be chair of San Francisco's Democratic Party. To have a transgender black woman represent the San Francisco Democratic Party, I think it sends a very clear message about who we are as a city. She's used to being in front of the camera. The co-owner of the stud says performing in the world of drag, in her words, being fierce, funny, and cut down by other queers pretty much sums up San Francisco politics. I'm proud to have had the support of my community, to have the opportunity to to take on that mantle, and I hope that this is just the beginning and that we'll see many more people like me here in the future. It's checking off the box of a black person getting into this office. It's checking off a trans person, a drag queen, a queer person. What began as a drag name based on the two Revlon makeup colors that come closest to her skin tone now represents much more than that, she says. A color spectrum, a sweetness and strength. It is time that we nurture a society where we are led by us. We have someone who knows what it means 
to represent so many communities oh, Hillary. that have been discriminated and been left out of the political process for so long. And the vote is next month. The current party chair, David Campos, says that he knows of no other candidates who have put their names in for this position. So it appears that Mahogany is the leading candidate at this point. I asked her about her aspirations. She said that she one day hopes to run for a board of supervisor seat here in San Francisco one day. Also, if you haven't checked out her moves, you can check on to log on to YouTube.com. It is pretty entertaining. You have to look at it. Check it out. Log on to that YouTube.com. Yeah, log on is like a really old way to talk about the internet, and that guy's like 25 or something. What the fuck? Check it out. You'll really like it. Um, this is great news. Um, I also want to point out that Honey Mahogany went to USC, fight on. Um, but yeah, what, uh, wouldn't it be great if the person you smoked weed with, Producer Dave, was the chair of the Democratic Party in San Francisco? I mean, not only did I smoke weed, she like ran out of splash and said, one of you motherfuckers has some weed. And I said, oh, you're right. Come on. And me and my friend Yasser and her walked around the corner. She seems like she's, she knows what she's doing and she's got great support. She's already got the, the current party chair who is terming out um, or, try, or running for statewide office now with the party. So he's supporting her. Got, she's got some supervisors like Hillary supporting her. So um, she's looking to be in, in pretty good shape and no opposition at this point. So that's, that's the best sign. The best elections ever when you don't have an opponent. But she's still doing her diligence. So that's good to see. Getting it done. Good, good on her. Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, we'll keep tracking. We'll keep tabs on that. And we'll, we'll let you know what happens with the election. I'll now know two people who've smoked weed that I've smoked weed with who ran for office and one of them might even win. <laughs> right? <laughs> was that, a, was that, a, was that a little jab? That was a jab, wasn't it? That was about me. That was a joke. Um, that's okay. That's okay. I've, I've been only doing lost that two since elections. You, since you I, didn't win. You know, it's we'll, been, we'll it's see funny. About... <laughs> you know what? I, honestly, it's better that I didn't because who would want to be a shill elected official anyway? Honey Mahogany. Well, much, I wouldn't be able to come on this show anymore if I was an actual elected official. Yeah, it'd be it'd be really hard. The down ballot wouldn't have never existed. I mean, even even if I was a city like a public employee, like I'm amazed that the good wife can come on here since she's on on the public dole, right? Um, but yeah, as an elected official, I'd I'd feel a little uncomfortable. Maybe we'd have, we'd have to be careful what we talked about. Well, you and might come like back to on careful. to talk about policy and the things you voted for and why you voted for them. Like, keep it like that would straight. Be, that would be fun, but... Oh, that would be fun. We could do the straight man thing. Yeah, why not? Or the straight person thing. I'm down. <laughs> In any case, day. that was Down Ballot Watch, everybody. And uh, we're coming towards the end of the show. We usually do a bit of human interest story, but actually an animal interest story. Councilman, what animal are we interested in? The lemur. The majestic lemur that lives at Happy Hollow Zoo. If anyone who, if you've lived in San Jose for any period of time, you more than likely have been to Happy Hollow. Um, I've even met people who have lived here their whole life and they just went to Happy Hollow recently. So you've probably heard of it. You know what it is. It's our local zoo really. Um, so they have, a, they have a, a couple lemurs there and they decided to get it on. And now they've uh, apparently the lemur had twins. So hey, now we got little baby lemurs running around. San Jose, it's the Happy Hollow Zoo. <laughs> you ready for it? Uh, the twins. See, Jessica's been there. For 
Ventana and black and white ruffed lemur, right? Yes, I'd her, like to move it, move it. <laughs> her new pups don't have names since we don't know yet if they're boys or girls. The lemur twins were born <laughs> on April 16th, and the arrival especially welcome because... What are they, ruffed lemurs? Ruffed lemurs. Are critically endangered species. Happy <laughs> Hollow set up a separate <laughs> bonding room. Look at their faces. <laughs> for the family. But Mintana is apparently a bit of a show off and has brought her pups into the lemur habitat to mingle with the others. You know why? Because she likes to move it. <laughs> move it, move it. Who, who the fuck is that lady? And why move is, it, move it. Yeah, why is she like... <laughs> That's Jessica Aguirre. She's she's really into lemurs, as you can tell. Um, Jessica Geary is one of the the longtime anchors on NBC Bay Area, um, so she's often the the evening news anchor, co-anchor at least. Oh yeah, she's very into animals. Um, she loves the human interest stories. She really gets down with that shit. Um, you know, she likes it when they have like chefs on to talk about their recipes, and you know, cats get rescued out of trees. She's she's really into those kind of stories. She's also she's um, also so really into like the, the more she's also really into out she's also into really outdated pop culture references just one specifically. This is very true. This is very true. Um, but yeah, she she definitely doesn't mind popping in when she sees something cute. So I, again, uh, I don't know how I would respond if I was the anchor and I saw such cuteness. Uh, another DJ I know, John Beaver works at a Happy Hollow Zoo, so he's a DJ by day or DJ by night. Well, not anymore. Well, he streams too, but. And then by day he works at the Happy Hollow Zoo, and he even has got they've they've thrown a couple of benefit events there for the zoo itself, and there have been DJs that are in his network. I haven't had the opportunity to play yet, but I also didn't ask, so that's probably the main thing that caused me to not play. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty cool place, and yeah. like I went to a, a couple of the uh, benefit events, and it was totally fun. There were, you know there was drinks. It didn't go super late because it's at a fucking petting zoo, but it was put together really well. It was just yeah. a great time. And uh, yeah, that's that's a cool place. And yeah. I'm glad they have those adorable lemurs there. Highly recommend uh, Happy Hollow. Support the Happy Hollow Foundation, which is the the organization that puts on that annual, like sort of adulty kind of fun event after hours event at the at the zoo um, with DJs and liquor and all sorts of fun stuff. So please support the Happy Hollow Foundation um, because uh, the city doesn't do anywhere near enough to support. Um, community benefits like that so that's why we have the nonprofit community to support them so please give what you can all right we survived another episode of down ballot congratulations we did we did so fucking oh i shouldn't speak so soon right <laughs> well we'll see we'll see what why don't you go ahead and read us out and i'm going to play a song after you're done but by periscope that we got recently called boomers Well, everyone, thanks for joining us. As you know, uh, Down Ballot is live here on the, the, the Twitch and other sources uh, starting at 8 p.m. Pacific every Friday night. And then uh, if you are uh, a patron or a Patreon of uh, Echoplex, or even if you're not and you're just on the list somewhere, you will receive a link to download a podcast version of the show. We highly recommend that you check it out and share with your friends, especially anyone who's into locally newsy, politically stuff here in the Silicon Valley and San Jose area, but really anywhere, because as we know, Producer Dave, all politics and all derp are local. Um, so we, we will often get out and visit your area. So if you have any... Uh, suggestions of other places around the country or the world who we could visit and, and absorb some local news and comment on it please do and again uh, go to that bay area news channel on our discord and drop your stories 
um, and we will get to them uh, as soon as humanly possible and make sure we don't miss anything because we have serious FOMO, especially when it comes to pipe bombs and Napa County. See everybody during the post game. Oh, there you go. Where are we? Where are we? <laughs> this is Boomers by Periscope, and I'll, I'll see everybody during the post game.